like that. You want to try Hello, everybody, that. and welcome it's to like this black Wednesday black edition black of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Logan Blackman Show podcast. I hope you all are having a fantastic day so far, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week as this will be the last show of the week. If you had not been made aware of this, it is Christmas on Saturday, and I will be doing stuff the 22nd, the 23rd, and Christmas Eve, the 24th. So I will not be able to record a show any more times the rest of this week. I have got things stacked up because, you know, as a world-famous podcast host, you have a lot of people trying to hang out with you and trying to get on your good side, you know? So I've got things to do. So like on, on the 22nd, me and my friends are going to go see The Matrix Resurrections on opening night. We have went through all the Matrix movies. We have made it through most of the Fast and Furious movies. We're on Fast and Furious 8 or whatever it's called. I don't know what that is. Is it the Fate of the Furious? Like Fate 8? Is that what it's called? I- I'm not 100% sure on that. The Thursday, the 23rd, we are paintballing late at night. And I'm assuming we're going to be hanging out that evening as well. Now, we'll have to see how the day goes. But there is a slim chance, though very, very slim, that we actually do a show on Thursday. I would doubt it. But there is a chance nonetheless. And obviously, Friday is Christmas Eve. We ain't going to do anything on Christmas Eve. And then Saturday being Christmas. I don't know if we're going to take a little break after Christmas. Like, wait till 2021. Because 2021 is just two weeks away. Like, January 1st is two Saturdays from now. So we might just hold off till 2021. But I don't know if I could stay away from you guys that long. I don't know if I could do that. In good conscience, could I stay away from everybody that listens to the Logan Blackman show for two whole weeks? I mean, yeah, I've done it before, but I don't want to do it again without any reasoning to not do it. I mean, it would make sense, like, scheduling-wise, we could start season four in 2021. Now, the seasons, I don't know if you're aware, are pretty random. There's no real uh, numbering system to the seasons. It just kind of ends and starts. Ends and starts. So I think season two is like 100-something episodes. We're in currently, I think, episode 70 or 71 of season three. We've done a crap ton of episodes on the Logan Blackman show. So, you know, we might want to go into season three or season four, I mean. But I don't know. Time will tell on that. But this episode, if you are not made aware by me just talking about Christmas being this week, will be focused on Christmas and Christmas Day stuff. So we got Christmas movie tier list. We're going to go through college football. And I mean, the NFL, my bad. We'll talk about college football before we get into Christmas because there's a stuff, some stuff I want to get to in college football. But also in the NFL, with what teams could want for Christmas this year. Because not only are there a lot of teams vying for playoff spots right now, there's a lot of teams that have major offseason needs and will need to be met in some way, shape, or form by a free agency or the NFL draft or even trades. You know, who the hell knows these days? But we're going to go over what each team could need going into to the new year or maybe some New Year's resolutions as well. But we might just do that later. We'll see how that one all goes. But before we get into everything we're going to talk about, make sure you go and follow The Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Go and like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and since you're listening to it right now, make sure you are following The Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure while you're on Apple Podcasts to give it a rating out of five stars. I would greatly appreciate it. And all the social media accounts, the Twitter account is Logan underscore Blackman. The Instagram account, my personal one, is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show with a number one at the end of it. Facebook page, just search Logan Blackman Show. It should pop up. Give it a like. YouTube channel, same thing. And obviously, again, you're listening to the podcast, so you found it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify somehow, but you should go and make sure you're following me on all those forms of social media that we just stated. But let's get started into today's show, and we have a transfer. Yes, we have another transfer to announce. It is one of my personal favorite quarterbacks in college football. You have heard me talk about him quite a bit. Not necessarily in the NFL draft, but you've heard me talk about him in college from years past. It's Keen Slovis. He has announced that he is transferring to Pitt. He'll be following in the footsteps of soon-to-be first-round draft and possibly the first quarterback taken in next year's draft, Kenny Pickett and transferring to Pitt, which basically came out of freaking nowhere. Like, I haven't really been seeing where people have linked Keaton Slovis to, but uh, it wasn't 
Pitt. That's not where I was thinking he'd go. The dude from Arizona was playing at USC. I apologize if Pittsburgh was not very high on my destination list. Now, I would be, I could kind of imagine that if Jaden Daniels left via the transfer portal or in the NFL draft, which would be kind of stupid if he went to the NFL draft this year, he would have gone to Arizona State. Being from Arizona, being from Scottsdale, I would imagine, I mean, Arizona, the the Wildcats, they're kind of off the picture until they get their field situation sorted out, which for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Arizona, University of Arizona or Arizona University, whatever the hell you want to call them, their nickname is the Wildcats. On their field, on their football field, in giant letters that stretches from 20 to 20, it feels like. I don't know exactly where it ranges to. It says bear down. I will repeat that. The Wildcats have bear down on their field. Now, if this is something that I'm not understanding and has some deeper meaning within the school, like Auburn being called the Tigers, their mascot being an eagle, and they're saying being go- war eagle or something. Maybe it's like that, and I'm just too stupid or naive to understand the, or just grasp the deeper meaning behind a team that goes by the Wildcats having bear down on their field. If you're an Arizona fan or from Arizona or have just gone to Arizona, or just, you know, kind of put up with Arizona, tell me what the hell that's supposed to mean, because I've been confused pretty much my entire life. I've never understood that. But back to Keaton Slovis. Uh, yeah. Going to... I don't know. It, 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 now, I'm on his Wikipedia page right now, and Arizona's coach or opposite coordinator at the time he was in high school, Rob Lickens, recruited him. To Arizona State. But he's not there anymore. He's down at Miami. So I don't know if they still have interest in him. Obviously, they didn't, and they don't really need a quarterback if Jaden Daniels isn't leaving. Would he have gone to Miami? No, because Van Dyke's down there. And Van Dyke is supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in college football next season. Now, I don't really agree 100% with Mario Cristobal, the new Miami coach. His current statement of Van Dyke is the best quarterback or best young quarterback in college football. I don't think that's the case right now. Because, you know, we did just see a sophomore quarterback win the Heisman Trophy and another one come in third or fourth in the Heisman Trophy, my bad. So I don't know if the saying that Trevor Van Dyke is the best young quarterback in college football or the best quarterback in college football, I think he has a chance to be. And under Mario Cristobal, I'm excited to see what the Miami Hurricanes do because I have not seen Miami very good pretty much my entire life. Like, I actually watched them. I know they went to the national championship in the early 2000s and got you know, screwed by the refs against Ohio State and Arizona, coincidentally, you know, <laughs> Arizona State's field. But they, and then, and then apart from, what, one year with Rozier at quarterback where they went something on all the lines of 10-3, and three, where they looked good for most of the season and then kind of fell apart, I think they lost to Pitt. So all this stuff kind of relates to what Keenan Slovis is doing right now. But Pittsburgh, and it's kind of funny Texas A&M quarterback, the guy that's been starting the majority of the games for A&M this year, Zach Calzada, has also entered the transfer portal, and until Slovis announced he was going to Pitt, Zach Calzada's projected spot was Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's where everybody was saying he was going, or according to 24-7 Sports, that's where everybody thought he would go. Now, I don't know where he'll go. Now, according to Wikipedia, now this isn't like the overarching you know, king of information here, because it could be edited at any time, he did receive offers from North Carolina State, North Carolina, and Georgia. Okay? Now, Georgia's got a weird quarterback situation going on with JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett. That whole thing, from what it sounds like off the field, is uh, Kirby Smart does not really get along with JT Daniels' camp. So that's more of a reason he's not starting down there. North Carolina, they're going to be without a quarterback. Zach Calzada, maybe he goes to UNC. Sam Sam Howell's going to go to the draft. Now, I guess I shouldn't say that's nailed on, guaranteed to happen, because he didn't play amazingly well this year. No, he is still projected to be an early second to mid-first round draft pick, but I don't really see him coming back to Chapel Hill. Now, Zach Calzada, I think, would be a really nice candidate to replace him. He's a little bigger, not maybe not as mobile as Sam Howell, but a good quarterback. I mean, we watched him play very, very well. Like we said against Alabama, he struggled throughout points of the season. He obviously wasn't going to be AM's quarterback next year because Haynes King's coming back and Max Johnson was transferring in. Even though he has played well, the writing was pretty much on the wall and he's transferring. 
I think Haynes King, him being the starter last year or this season before he tore his ACL or injured his leg, I can't remember exactly what he did. Is I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a nice quarterback battle in the fall between Johnson and Haynes King. We'll see how that one goes. And then one that got announced today as well, Slovis, this is not really... Like, we're going through all the things. Slovis is committed somewhere. Calzada is announced he's transferring. And Grace McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, has announced he is coming back to Coastal Carolina, which is not very surprising. I mean, he's not one of the top... He's not going to get drafted very high this year. He's basically this year's version. If I had to compare him to anybody, and he's not the same skill set as this player, but he's kind of like Desmond Ritter to a certain extent to where he's not going to be a high draft pick this year. He could go out, but he's not going to be a high draft pick. If he goes out next year, he'll be one of the first quarterbacks off the board. That's what the thought process is with Grace McCall. You look at quarterbacks that will be available next year's draft. You have McCall, you have Bryce Young, you have C.J. Stroud. Those are obviously going to be your three top guys in next year's draft. And people that struggled this year that will probably be available in the draft next year are the likes of Slovis and Spencer Rattler. And Jaden Daniels will also be available in this draft. Malik Cunningham from Oklahoma or from Louisville will also be mentioned up here. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. We had not said this on the show before, but Hendon Hooker has announced he's coming back to Tennessee, which doesn't very it's not really surprising that he's coming back to Tennessee. I mean, you were the back of the start of the year, played really well once you got the starting job. You weren't gonna you didn't build up enough momentum to where Oh yeah, Hendon Hooker is going to be a top draft pick next year. He very well could. Emory Jones will be back next year. Like there's going to be some decent quarterbacks, whether they're actually played really, really well this year, like Young and Stroud, or they're quarterbacks that we thought were going to do good that struggled that should do very, very well next year. At least one would suspect. But they are there in very weird places. Very, very weird places. Like Rattler in South Carolina, Slovis at Pitt. Emory Jones, hopefully, at Iowa. Like, all these places are so weird for these quarterbacks that we <laughs> we thought they would come out this year. Slovis and Rattler were in my top six for quarterbacks. Like, Emory Jones, I'm not too surprised. I had him in the top 15. I think I'm at 11 or 12 when the season started. Because he hadn't really done anything to that point at Florida. He had the t- potential to do something really good. And I think at Iowa, it will get realized because you get under an offensive genius like Brian Ferentz, and you could exceed all expectations to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, a quarterback that I forgot to mention, I'm really high on this guy, even though I, I forgot to mention him, which doesn't make it seem like I'm that high on this guy. Phil Yurkovic from Boston College. He was my number 10 or number 9 quarterback going into the season. He suffered a hand injury week 2 or 3 during this point of the season. He came back and played like the last 4 or 5 games of the season, but didn't really do anything that spectacular. He's a bigger quarterback that can move pretty well. I'm excited to see what Yurkovic does, but if I had to list my top five quarterbacks for next year's draft at this point in time, this point in time, now I am interested to see if, like, John Mechie, Alabama's wide receiver who just tore his ACL against Georgia in the SEC championship game, if he comes back to Bama, because he could be very, he very well could be the very first receiver taken off the board if he is come if he comes back. He'll be competing with, like, Marvin Mims, from Oklahoma, Dante Demas from Maryland, he'll be up there as well. Charleston Rambo from Miami. So you've got some good wide receivers, but I wouldn't be surprised if John Mechie came back saying that he's coming off a torn ACL and gets another chance to play with Alabama's first ever Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and be the main guy. Jamison Williams obviously took some of the sparkle away from John Mechie this season by exploding for 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, and, ex- and being the best deep threat in all of college football. So I would I would, I would, would like to see Mechie come back. I would really like to see John Mechie come back. But if I had to look at the quarterbacks now, I mean, Bryce Young is probably the number one guy at this point in time. I mean, I mean, off recently buys, the dude just won the Heisman Trophy. It's kind of hard to say he's not going to be the number one quarterback in the draft at this point. Now, that is obviously somewhat su- subject to change. But if you look at all the other quarterbacks Alabama's had, we said this last year. I love repeating this because we're right. Bryce Young is the most talented quarterback Nick Saban has ever had. At Alabama, LSU, Michigan State, hell, even the Dolphins, Bryce Young is a baller. We said this during COVID last year. When COVID first kicked off, we didn't have a lot to talk about. We covered the Alabama quarterback battle between him and Mac Jones. How much of a battle it was, I'm not really sure. 
I mean, Mac Jones, again, like we said last year, didn't really do anything to lose the starting job going into the next season. So it was kind of like Bryce Young's going to have to play very, very well mixed with Mac Jones not playing very, very well to see Bryce Young overtake Mac Jones as the starting quarterback at Bama. And Mac Jones won a national championship and came third in the Heisman Trophy race. So I don't think they were misjudged on, or what do you want to look at? They were wrong in making that decision because Mac Jones is a very good quarterback. And we said that going into the draft. We said that in the NFL so far. But Bryce Young is a baller. Bryce Young is a cannon for an arm and is very athletic, even though his rushing numbers are anything to go like, wow, that's a very mobile quarterback, which shows the ins and outs kind of of statistics can kind of be misleading to a certain extent because Bryce Young's a whole hell of a lot more athletic than what his rushing numbers show. Bryce Young is an insane athlete. Like, coming out of high school, the dude was compared to Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, who are no slouches when it comes to the running game. Like, those two are insane. Now, Russell Wilson obviously doesn't run as much, but Kyler Murray's one of the most electrifying players in all the NFL. He was at Oklahoma, and he is for the Arizona Cardinals as well. So I would say Bryce Young's number one. I would probably say Stroud's number two. But with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jeremy Ruckert leaving, along with Nicholas Petit-Ferrer and Thayer Mumford, that's five, five, right? Yeah, five key pieces on the offense leaving. So it might be struggles early. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to get all the attention from the opposing defenses because there's not going to be a uh, Wilson or an Alave next to him. Hell, you don't even have a Jamison Williams anymore because he transferred to Alabama, which shows how insane that wide receiver core was. But Travion Henderson's coming back, which is big. A run game for Ohio State's massive, especially one that's as skilled as Travion Henderson. And Jackson Smith, the Jigba, again, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the defense's number one. He's their defense's number one priority now. He balled out this past year, but see how he does being the only guy. Now, I say only guy, but teams like Ohio State, like Alabama, like Clemson, you lose five stars or players going to the draft. You have five stars or other players that will eventually go to the draft following suit. You don't really have that much struggle. Like if I were Iowa State, lost a five-star player. It's going to take a while for them to get said five-star players to replace them. They don't have that kind of pull. But Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, these guys have five stars on five stars on five stars. So I don't really feel bad for them when they lose five-star players. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure CJ Stroud will be fine. And then I would probably say number three in this draft class. Now, this is all based off of, I don't know, because I... I would love to say Spencer Rattler because I think he is uber talented, but the dude can be kind of a dickhead. I do think, though, he handled himself well after getting benched Oklahoma. I do think he handled himself well, given what we previously know about Spencer Rattler and him being kind of a douchebag. It was handled decently well, I would say. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know how things were handled internally, but looking at it from the outside in, and this is also coming from someone that doesn't really follow Oklahoma football that closely, I thought he handled it pretty decently. I could be completely wrong in saying that. Maybe there's some deep Oklahoma reporter or something that says, this dude sucks ass and I hate him. Hope he gets screwed over by Alabama and LSU and all these teams in the SEC while he's at South Carolina. Maybe that's the case, but I don't know. So we're going to leave off like Slovis, Rattler, because I think, and Emory Jones to a certain extent, because I want to see how they do, because their last thing we know of them is not very good. <laughs> at least it's not... It's not the most horrific thing of all time. Ain't that great. If we're just going off of, you know, quarterbacks that we're not really going to get drafted this year, but next year. I like Malik Cunningham. You know how much I like Malik Cunningham. He is a very, 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 very athletic quarterback. But I'm going to say number three is Phil Yurkovic. I'm going to go Phil Yurkovic, Phil Yurkovic, however you want to pronounce his name. Doesn't really bother me if he wants to pronounce it some way. He can do that. You're Phil Yurkovic. Maybe. Who knows? But I think his body type mixed with his athletic ability and arm talent is like a younger version of Ben Roethlisberger. I compared him to that in the preseason. When we did our preseason prospect rankings, my thing was Miami, Ohio version of Ben Roethlisberger. Now, he needed to have a good year this year to be a high pick in the draft. I know he could have done that had his hand not been hurt. But time will tell. I really like what his skill set is. I think Grayson McCall would probably be number four. Because Grayson McCall 
is a very, very athletic quarterback. And he's kind of coming from that mindset of, it doesn't matter where you play. If you're good enough, they'll find you type thing. Like in the past few drafts, we have had quarterbacks play from smaller schools or schools that don't traditionally play the powerhouses in college football. Like we've had Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. We have Desmond Ritter this year. We have Carson Strong will be mentioned up there in these this draft. Like players in old old older days, Joe Flacco, Steve McNair. Like we have these players that don't necessarily play the creme de la creme of college football, but they ball out. And Grace McCall is a fun-ass quarterback to watch. I would even argue he might be better than your guy. <laughs> I might it's, it'd be a push, but he's I think he's got a better skill set. I just he's not as big. Not that that really matters in the grand scheme of being a quarterback anymore. Because you look at Kyler Murray, quarterbacks like that, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, like these are really really good quarterbacks that don't necessarily have all the height. And like you look at them and go, oh yeah, this is an NFL quarterback. You're shorter than me. They all are than me, anyways. I'm not saying everybody. And Grayson McCall is not a small quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Phil Yurkovich's just a pretty big dude in that mindset. <laughs> and then the final quarterback that we're going to mention here, I'd probably, I don't know. It's kind of a toss. I'm going to think I'm going to Hendon Hooker. I like Hendon Hooker a lot. As we said earlier throughout the season, once he took over as the starter for Tennessee, their offense woke up. It was like we were seeing a completely different Tennessee Volunteers team. Their offense was dead in the water with Joe Milton at quarterback. And then once we switched to Hendon Hooker, it was like, wow, this team can actually compete. And you look at some of the teams they played, Hendon Hooker played really well. Even though his team's mostly lost, he played really well against the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Kentuckys, the the Ole Misses of this year that they played. They were ranked in the top 25 we're talking about. I know Kentucky's not traditionally your blue blood program, but they've been in the top 25 for the better, what, most of the season, I would say most of the season, because they started off undefeated. I don't know if they're, they're still right now, but I, I don't know exactly when they entered the rankings, so I shouldn't say half the season or most of the season. But yeah. Oh, and uh, this is another quarterback we said. We talked about him a little bit on Monday. I just scrolled down a little bit and saw him. Bo Nix is trained from Oregon. Kind of crazy. That'd be a fun spot for him to be. I'm excited to see what he does over there in Oregon. But there's a lot of fun quarterbacks next year's draft. I think Bryce Young right now has to be the number one guy. I mean, if we're judging off recency things, this dude broke a ton of records for this year. He just set a new bar for SEC passing records in a, in the SEC championship game through a very little number of interceptions as opposed to a whole hell of a lot of touchdowns. They threw 42 touchdowns with three interceptions this season. I could be wrong. I'm not looking at the list right now, so I'm not 100% sure. But I am intrigued to see where all these transferees go, like Rattler, like Slovis, like... Bo Nix, like Emory Jones, quarterbacks that people were traditionally high on going into the season that did not have the greatest years. Bo Nix, prior, like mid or the early portion of the season, if he didn't get hurt, I think he was going to get benched anyways. Like he, I think he broke his ankle or something like that. Like he was on the the cusp of getting benched, and they rotated in their quarterback. I can't remember his name at the top of my head right now, but he rotated in quite a bit. And then we also got Dylan Gabriel as well. I kind of forgot about Dylan Gabriel. He's transferred to UCLA. We've talked about that one before. But yeah. Then you got like Jake Hayner from Fresno. There was talks of him transferring. He's announced he's going back to Fresno State. Jane Daniels again will be mentioned up there. But if, let's do a top 10. And I didn't I didn't plan on talking about this. But we talked about transfer quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that were the top in the draft class this past year. Versus quarterbacks that are the top in next year's draft. We've got Young, Stroud, Yurkovic, McCall, uh, Hendon Hooker. Um, or do I put Slovis or Rattler at five? Because I think if they're on, Slovis and Rattler, I think are both better than Hooker if they're on. That's the problem. They haven't been on in about, uh, Slovis in about two years. Rattler this year, <laughs> none at all. And there were times where Rattler looked really bad, even in the year prior. Ugh, crap. I don't know where I want to rank Rattler and the Slovis. My... The visual I have of them is getting benched. It's kind of hard to escape that at this point in time. But that's that's the reality in which we live in right now. So I don't know what to think of these two guys. So I do I just avoid them for the time being and just kind of move on to the next guys? Maybe? I don't know. We're just going to keep the top five because I don't know what to do with these, these transfers now. Completely different. I have no... Like, I have somewhat of a grasp of what Jay, uh, Keaton Slovis is going to do at Pitt. 
South Carolina has thrown me through such a loop with Spencer Rattler that I have no idea how he is going to do. Like, this is a South Carolina team that scored the least or second least amount of points in the SEC last season. They had Zeb Nolan at quarterback for portions of the season. He got benched at North Dakota State, and they didn't make it to the final for the first time in like nine years or something. Now they're back, as expected, and they're going to lose to Montana State Bobcats, my dark horse going into the playoffs. So, yeah. I'm excited to see what everything goes. I'm excited for next year, though. I know college football season is not even over yet, but I am still excited for next year. I'm really excited for next year's draft. Like, the draft is such a fun thing to scout because you could do it the entire year. Yeah, it's not going to be accurate when you throw out a random-ass mock draft like right before the season starts. That's not going to be accurate at all. So you have no idea what the teams are going to be like at the start of the year. <laughs> like, teams that picked high, like the Bengals picked fifth, they ain't picking fifth next year, boy. They ain't picking fifth. Right now, they got like the 25th pick in the draft. They ain't picking that high again. <laughs> the 49ers aren't picking third again. I know they traded up from 12, but... You know, it still counts here. You know, they're not picking third again unless they trade up, and I don't think they trade up, which sparks an interesting debate. Well, we'll go to that in a little bit. Let's talk about some college football scores right now. So right now in college football, we got UTSA over San Diego State 14-7 with 13 minutes left in the second quarter, and San Diego State is driving, and Wyoming piss-pounded Kent State 52-38. to Kent State tried to come back. Dustin Crum threw for four touchdowns in the game with no interceptions. Also had a rushing touchdown with 70 yards. Dustin Crum had himself a nice final showing, even though it was on the wrong side. And Levi Williams, another mobile quarterback, who's Wyoming's quarterback, rushed for 200 yards and four touchdowns with one through the air. So each quarterback for this game had a grand total of five touchdowns. That is a fun-ass game to watch. Now, I did not watch it, and Levi Williams rushed for yet a long of 80 yards. That... Took up a majority of his 200 yards, but hey, dude averaged 12.5 yards per carry. He led the team in carries. I didn't really, I thought he did. Second on the team, 16 to 19 was the leader. But man, that's a fun game. I know Potato Bowl, some gross uniforms combination on the blue turf. Kind of an eyesore to watch. (laughs) But hey, Wyoming won. I think we had Kent State winning it, so it doesn't really matter. But we had other games going on as well. We had a game on Monday night. Tulsa beat up on Old Dominion 30 to 17 which I don't know, surprising or not, I think we picked Tulsa, <laughs> I don't remember. Then we got games coming up on Wednesday, the 22nd, Missouri versus Army in the Armed Forces Bowl. Then on Thursday, the 23rd, we got North Texas taking on Miami of Ohio. 6 p.m. on ESPN, we have UCF taking on Florida. Friday, we have Memphis and Hawaii on the Hawaii Bowl, which I think is always on Christmas Eve, I could be wrong. And then Saturday on Christmas, we have Georgia State versus Ball State in the Camellia Bowl. Well, a very famous bowl game, very famous bowl game. And then Monday, we have Western Michigan versus Nevada in the Quick Lane Bowl, which will be pretty fun. And Boston College in East Carolina in the Military Bowl. So I'm very excited for all these games. We get some more college football. We have some NFL going on right now. We have Tuesday night football back in full effect. Remember last year, we cursed Tuesday night football and said, damn it to hell? And guess what? It's back. But a good thing is the Bills are not in it, and these games are as exciting as uh, one would expect on a Tuesday night <laughs> in December. Uh, Seahawks-Rams is 3-3 three to three at the end of ha- at halftime. And then Washington versus the Eagles, led by Garrett Gilbert, you know, former Texas quarterback, former SMU quarterback, former uh, Orlando Apollos quarterback, is starting for the Washington football team because Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke are in COVID protocol. Our 10-10 in the second quarter. What the, I, this is frustrating. <laughs> I hate Tuesday night football with a burning passion, but the positives that come out of this, I made it to the championship game in my fantasy football league, or one of my fantasy football leagues, so I'll give the Washington Foreskins a round of applause. Now, I guess I shouldn't say that and shouldn't celebrate too early because I guess Odell Beckham is still technically playing. He could very well score 30 more points, but since it's 3-3 three to three at halftime, I'm really not holding out a lot of hope that he scores 30 more points. I don't know how many points a receiver needs or how many touchdowns a receiver needs to score 30 points in fantasy. I would imagine it's quite a lot. And with the way the game's going right now, knock on wood, of course, I don't think it will happen. I'm winning 101-71, to 71, so I should hold on, and I will be facing the winner of bye week 
versus Jack and Goff, and this game is cancer. Good Lord. It's 67-46. to 46. It's a semifinal game. And remember, before the playoffs started, we talked about this. I don't remember if we talked about the game right after it happened, but the playoffs for my league started week 14. The Indianapolis Colts had a bye week week 14, and I don't remember if I talked about this or not about the result. I scored 125 points without Jonathan Taylor. And people say I'm getting carried by Jonathan Taylor. I don't think anybody said that. I think the majority of the season I've been considered the best team. Now we just need to hold on. I don't want to say anything before the championship game because I'm very nervous. I have a chance to become a two-time champion. And the winner of this other semifinal game uh, has a chance to either A, be a two-time champion themselves in jacking Goff or a first-time champion in bye week who won their first ever playoff game in the first round. Now, they're kind of struggling right now with Darnell Henderson, Daryl Henderson doing nothing, Cooper Cup doing nothing, and it's not great. And DK Metcalf doing nothing. And on the other side of the ball, we watched the cancer show. That was the Bears versus Vikings game last night. Oh, good Lord. 17-9, all backup Bears secondary, and the Vikings still somehow struggled. They still somehow struggled. I don't understand how that's even possible, but they still managed to do it. And then the, the Raiders, with an all-backup Browns team, beat them on a last-second field goal. Like, what the hell was going on with these Monday Night Football games? Like, the team that won struggled against a basically JV team or scout team or fourth-quarter game one preseason team. Like, it's not it wasn't great games at all. Pretty ass games, if I do say so myself, and I do, because those games sucked and I wish I didn't watch them. But I'm also in a, uh, the semifinals in another league. I'm not too stressed about that one right now because I am winning, but it's not really that I think I'm going to go to the championship game. It's two weeks. So that other league, this league is just once a week. The other league is two games. There are two weeks for one game, if that makes any sense. So I'll I'll have another chance to get more points. I am winning by like three or four points at this point in time. And that game's not really going anywhere either. It's like 75. At least last time I checked, I'm not looking at it right now. I think it's like 75 to 67, but I'm just assuming he's got like 70 points or 71 points at this time. But nothing's going. It's Tuesday Night Football. You're going to get a cancer show on Tuesday Night Football. It sucks, and I hate it. But what we were going to kind of talk about, and I thought I'd talk a little bit more about Christmas than what I actually am. I'm kind of upset because we've gone through about a half hour, and I barely mentioned anything about Christmas. We'll get to that in a little bit. This sparked a little bit of debate on Twitter today. So we're talking about quarterbacks getting drafted and all that stuff, and quarterbacks from smaller schools getting drafted with higher picks as per the past two years or something like that. So past, like, what, 2018, you'd probably say that's where it started, for recency anyways. Josh Allen, then we had uh, Jordan Love, then 2020, I guess you could, I mean, they're not really, but Duke, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm reaching there. And um, now he had Trey Lance from North Coast State, third overall pick. And the 49ers paid a very heavy price to get Trey Lance. So this is the issue that we have in today's NFL, which in years prior, this wouldn't have been such an issue, where you trade up in the draft to get a quarterback, and you have an incumbent starter, okay? Back in like 2000, 2005, somewhere in there, you could sit a quarterback forever and be perfectly fine, because you know the starter is not going to be holding on to the starting job for that long, or at least you hope they don't. I know there's obviously scenarios where you're going to have to trade the young player, but I don't think it will work out here with Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is a fine quarterback, but nothing spectacular. And I know he's got the whole locker room, but he ain't spectacular. So what do the 49ers do next year? This is the question. Do they just bin off Jimmy Garoppolo, or do they keep him another year and just let Trey Lance keep developing? The issue with that is, Trey Lance would have not played football for like four years. Right, going on three years, I guess. He hasn't played football really since 2019, because he played that one basically exhibition game in 2020. So you have one game in 2020, no games, I mean, some cameo appearances in 2021 for the 49ers, and then possibly the idea of no games next year. Like the way you've seen Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow ball out early, there's a lot shorter leash on these young quarterbacks than what there was 20 odd years ago. You can't, or you can't afford to sit these guys anymore. They need a chance to 
lord of the system like Rodgers, Philip Rivers. They sat for three years. Steve Young sat forever when he got to San Francisco because he, you know, Tampa sucked, so he couldn't really do anything down there. <laughs> he tried, but didn't really do anything. It sat behind Joe Montana. Like, you need these young quarterbacks to mature under these veteran guys. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo has been to a Super Bowl. He's won playoff games. He might not be the best, but he's gonna a damn good teacher. Mahomes sat for an entire year. Now, I would imagine, because of Trey Lance's skill set, that they would do the Mahomes thing, where they just bin off Jimmy Garoppolo the next year, trade him to someone like Houston or something. Because Houston's got links to Jimmy Garoppolo, and according to reports this past offseason, they were in talks to trade for him. So we'll see if that one actually happens. But I also heard recently that a report, it was on, I saw a clip on Twitter. It was on Colin Coward's podcast, not the show that he does, The Hurt. It was his podcast. I don't remember who was on, but apparently, and this isn't too surprising given how much we talked about it during the spring, Kyle Shanahan traded up to three with the thought that they were taking Mac Jones, not Trey Lance. And every time we talked about it, it was the entire 49ers team was wanting Trey Lance. Kyle Shanahan was wanting Mac Jones. That's what's talked about back then. We talked about it going into the draft, and now we're talking about it again. And it's going to get worse and worse as we go on if Mac Jones keeps winning like the Patri- him and the Patriots are doing, and Trey Lance doesn't play. Now, that being said, there are two levels of preparedness going into the league, which is probably what Kyle Shanahan wanted was a certain level of preparedness. Trey Lance is not prepared. He's going to go in. We knew he was going to sit for a year. Mac Jones was ready to play day one. He's the most ready to play in the best system, in the best environment out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Every single rookie quarterback had a terrible place to go. I mean, Trey Lance, we're talking about starting right away. He wasn't going to play. He was never going to play. Lawrence got to a team that had one win the previous season. Zach, Zach Wilson came into a a historically dysfunctional franchise with no real pieces anywhere on the roster. And then Justin Fields went to a team that's coached by Matt Nagy and has no offensive line. So he was in struggles as well. Matt Jones got Bill Belichick, offensive coordinator version of Josh McDaniels, head coach version of Josh McDaniels, and asshat. Offensive coordinator version of Josh McDaniels seems like a a good coach and a good old line and just got new weapons. The Patriots spend a lot of money this offseason. Got two new tight ends, two wide receivers, Brought back Trent Brown. Like, they invested heavily in their offense for whoever the quarterback was going to be, whether it was him or Cam Newton, and it ended up being Matt Jones, and are looking very, very smart for that decision. But what do the 49ers do? Do they start Trey Lance, or do they go with Jimmy another year? I don't know. I really have no idea. If I was Kyle Shanahan, or if I was probably John Lynch will probably push it a little more, I would imagine he's going to want Trey Lance to play. If, I, if I'm thinking of what John Lynch is probably thinking about, the GM of the 49ers, he's going to want Lance to play. You traded up a lot. You traded away a lot of assets to get Trey Lance. You better see some sort of return for that. You have no first-round picks. Oh, they have one second-round pick, as far as I know, at this point in time. But you traded away a lot. Jump from 12 to 3 is not cheap. And you're going to go into another year of not starting him? Teams are going to start asking questions, which they shouldn't because this is how quarterbacks normally develop. <laughs> this is how this should work. And John Kyle Shanahan is going to want whoever can win him a game. I don't really know if Kyle Shanahan really cares who's going to be the quarterback. He just wants to win games, as most head coaches do. And at this point in time, it's hard to say that Jimmy Garoppolo at this point does not give you the best chance to win. That's just at this point in time. Offseason can change things. Maybe they make a new announcement. If they don't make the playoffs, time will tell. We'll see how everything goes with the 49ers, but man, Interesting stuff. That that uh, that saw that on Twitter. It was getting debated on Twitter what the 49ers should do. I don't know. You gotta think of the GM mindset or the head coach mindset. There's two different thought train thought processes going into that. Like quarterbacks that aren't ready to play, sometimes the best learning is getting thrown into the fire. That's what exactly what happened with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was nowhere near ready to play when he got drafted in Buffalo. But then you give him quarterbacks to teach him like Nathan Peterman and AJ McCarron. Oh boy, you're going to have to play him right away, especially after you traded A.J. McCarron right after the preseason to the Las Vegas Raiders, then the Oakland Raiders. Peterman got benched week one against the Ravens, proposing a 0.0 QBR, and quarterback Josh Allen, who's not anywhere near ready to play, 
is thrusted into the starting role week two against the Chargers. And as the season got on, you saw the progression of Josh Allen and saw the quarterback that he would eventually become to where now he's an easily top five quarterback in the league. Like, it's not even a conversation anymore. It's not even a topic. <laughs> it's getting kind of pointless at this point. And people like to embrace debate all the time because, you know, it gets talking points and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's not really debate anymore. I think Trey Lance could develop similar. you got a very good skill set, very athletic. Got the body you're looking for in a quarterback. 6'3", about 220, 215. Strong arm, inconsistent accuracy. I would say he's a better athlete than Josh Allen, not as big as him, but there are similarities to what they're doing. And Desmond Ritter is kind of like Trey Lance in that aspect as well, but we saw the consistency throwing the ball that we needed this year, like we talked about in the draft on Monday when we did the mock draft, which you can still check out on the LoganBlattmanShow.com if you have not done so already. I would greatly appreciate it. Search LoganBlattmanShow.com on your Google search bar. Or click the link. It's on all my forms of social media. You can still access it there. And just go to the blog page or scroll down to the main screen and you will see a link down there. Click on that and it will take you directly to the mock draft. And one thing that we used to do during COVID and we've done a few times so far on the Logan Blackman Show is tier list. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about what each team could want for Christmas this year. Oh my goodness. And this could be looking at the mindset of what they could use for next year's season, what they could use to get the playoffs, or just general needs regardless. So we'll start off with the Buffalo Bills because they're my team. They need an offensive line. Well, whatever it is, just offensive line. They can't run block, they can't pass block. Devin Singletary, we've been up and down on Devin Singletary, but we all know the offensive line can't block for shit. The only reason that they're somewhat competent and I say somewhat very lightly, <laughs> is because Josh Allen is running around and stiff-arming defensive linemen like it's nothing. There's one quarterback in the league that can do that, and that's Josh Allen. Give any other quarterback in this backfield, they would die. <laughs> Josh Allen means 6'5", 240, helps take a lot of the blows and helps absorb a lot of the blows that he receives on a game-to-game basis. Like Spencer Brown, talked about Spencer Brown quite a bit on the show, went to class with him, went to you and I with him. The dude had five penalties on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. So, like, the offensive line's a work in progress, so we'll see how that one goes later. The Dolphins, I don't know. Offensive line, offensive line, we talked about that. They've drafted offensive line with three of their last five top picks. Like, you look at two second-rounder, two second-rounders and one first-rounder, Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, and Liam Eikenberg. Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson have already flipped inside the guard, and Austin Jackson looks like a lost cause anyway, so... They're going to need a new offensive line as well. The Patriots, I don't know, corner help. I mean, they need some J.C. Jackson's a free agent. Stephon Gilmore is gone. Jalen Mills is not that good. Now I can see, obviously, Mac Jones a number one weapon, but that's not the quote-unquote Patriot way. They've never really, apart from Randy Moss, had the go-to, like, oh, that's the f- number one guy. Obviously, like Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Gronk, but Gronk's the tight end. We're not going to ex- include Gronk in this statement. But, like, they've never had the flashy number one receiver apart from Randy Moss. The Jets, offensive line and secondary. Their secondary has one interception this year. The offensive line can't keep Zach Wilson upright to save their lives. I don't know which needs bigger. I could hear arguments for both, but they need something on the defense in the secondary or on the offensive line. The Ravens, health. <laughs> Just need health. Ronnie Stanley hasn't been healthy in, like, two years. Lamar Jackson's been hurt. He hurt his ankle against the... Oh, crap. What team was it? Who they just play? I can't remember who the Ravens played. They just lost to them. The Browns. He got hurt against the Browns. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa twisted Lamar's ankle. They need health. <laughs> That's all. They need some health on their team. Uh, the Bengals, probably some more O-line help. Maybe some secondary help. We kind of made fun of the Bengals secondary a few weeks ago. Off the line, I mean, Joe Burrow's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Right side needs center over to right tackle will need some sort of readjustment this offseason. Center's been really bad rather than recent free agent and getting older, so you're going to need some help there. The Browns, health. <laughs> and I mean health not just from injuries, health from like illness. Get this team a nutritionist. Get some healthy stuff in this game, in this team, because they're all getting sick. I don't know what the problem is. They're just all getting sick. And the Steelers, uh, quarterback to replace Ben. Regardless if that comes free agency trade or draft, they need a quarterback to replace Big Ben. But if not, off to line help. Now, I know a lot of the O-line struggles also come down to Big Ben. 
being very, very slow and him not really getting rid of the football. So that has something to do with it. But quarterback and O-line for the Steelers is there as well. The Texans, stability. Good Lord, this team is a walking freaking circus. From Remember the entire offseason with their GM stuff. Nobody wants to play for this team. No one wants to coach for this team. I feel bad for the players. Like, you had Bill O'Brien, and now you're stuck with David Coley, who I feel really bad for because he's not prepared for this job. All the best coaching candidates, Biennemi, Dable, Kellen Moore, Leftwich, none of them took this job. <laughs> You've got wide receiver coach David Coley to take this job. Stability. They need some sort of stability. Uh, Colts, Jonathan Taylor, stay healthy. Like, this dude's their entire team. If they don't have Jonathan Taylor, they're pretty much screwed. Jonathan Taylor scored a touchdown every single game since week three. Jonathan Taylor is the MVP of the league. I don't care what anybody says. I've said this since the Bills game, and that was all about, like, me being hurt by Jonathan Taylor. I don't care. Jonathan Taylor is the MVP of the league. This dude's too damn good to not be the MVP of the league. Jonathan Taylor is a baller. Uh, the Jaguars, stability. <laughs> you just, you had the worst head coach in NFL history just get fired. You need something. A culture change. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. GM, head coach, get something in there. Maybe hire Lewis Riddick as the GM and hire Byron Leftwich as the head coach, and then you'll be fine. Hopefully. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but you just need some stability in that organization. Titans, defensive health. Or just health in general. Like, A.J. Brown's been hurt. Julio Jones's been hurt. Derrick Henry's been hurt. Their entire secondary's been hurt. It's been Ryan Tannehill and a bunch of scrubs, pretty much. And somehow, they're still winning the division, which shows how bad the AFC South is. <laughs> like, I feel bad for Ryan Tannehill. I like Ryan Tannehill to a certain extent. I don't think he's, like, amazing or anything. But he's an underrated athlete and has done really well in Tennessee. But he has just nothing to work with right now. Uh, the Broncos, quarterback. That's it, quarterback. They've got pretty much everything else figured out. Teddy Bridgewater, I hope he's back and healthy. I know he's not going to play. I would imagine he's not going to play this week. Got carted off in the game on Sunday against the Bengals, so hopefully he's back and fully healthy at some point. But they need a quarterback. Bridgewater and Locke are not it. They need some sort of quarterback help, whether it's Rodgers, whether it's Malik Willis like we had in the draft, or one of the other quarterbacks at free agency trades or the draft. They need a quarterback. The Chiefs, I don't know. Uh, weapons outside, I guess? I don't know. Like, their O-line's playing really, really well. You got Hill and Kelsey. Maybe secondary help, secondary help or wide receivers. Because outside of Hill and Kelsey, you got really nobody. And in the secondary, they're not really that great. You still employ Reed Sorensen. So you're going to want a, a Reed or Daniel, whichever one. They both are neither. One's a quarterback, one's a safety. They both suck. So I, you still employ them. So get those things figured out. The Raiders, coach, same thing. Rick Passaccio kind of got thrust into this very weirdly. I mean, had the whole email scandal. <laughs> That's a huge, giant mess. They got to get the head coaching thing figured out. The John Gruden contract was really weird when he signed it, and he was like 10 years, $100 million or something. I mean, he hadn't coached in years, and now he's making this massive contract with the Raiders. Confusing as hell. Chargers? Meh. What, what do the Chargers need? Run defense help? Run defense hasn't been great this year. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL in rush defense. They're going to need to figure that out. And maybe let's <laughs> uh, Brandon Staley to stop being as aggressive as he is. I love it. I'm all for Brandon Staley going for it on every single fourth down. I am perfectly fine with it. But at some point, you do got to kick field goals because if you were in that game last Thursday against the Chiefs, you didn't lose if you kicked a field goal every once in a while. You got to kick them at some point. Uh, moving over to the NFC, the Cowboys. What do the Cowboys need? I don't know. St I, I wouldn't say stability. They don't really have a lot of holes. I mean, my new co a better coach. <laughs> I, I don't. If I had to pick, I mean, I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy fan. That's not even saying. I mean, they're leading the division, but this division ain't great either. This division is pretty garbage. This was a lone division last year. They had a seven and nine team win the division and make the playoffs. And not only that, almost beat the eventual Super Bowl champions in the Washington Football Team with their backup quarterback Taylor Heineke. So I don't know. Is that what the Cowboys need, coach? <laughs> <laughs> what else? A receiver to place Gallup, a partner for Trayvon Diggs, linebacker help? I don't know. They're going to need some help because they're, they're like a completely amazing team, but they're going to need some sort of help. Giants, O-line, their O-line reeks. 
Get them some O-line help. They have one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive lines in the NFL. They need some help there. The Eagles, wide receivers. I mean, you got Devontae Smith, but Jalen Rager and J.D. Ortega-White said, apart from run blocking, aren't anything special at all. You got three draft picks. Utilize them smartly. You need some help at linebacker. You need some more help in the secondary to partner Darius Slay. You need some edge rushers. Like, the Eagles have quite a few needs. Maybe just figure out if Jalen Hurts your guy or not. Maybe that's the main thing. Figure out if Jalen Hurts is the dude. Washington, I don't know. Consistency on defense. Like, how good their defense was supposed to be and how bad they've been this year. It's kind of weird. Now, Chase Young is out for the year, and I know Jonathan Allen, and I think Deron Payne have battled some injuries throughout the season as well. I think Montez Sweat has even battled some injuries. So you've had some inconsistencies in regards to injuries. Jamin Davis hasn't been playing that well, at least as what was expected of him coming into the league. Quarterback, I think, is another issue here because I, I like Taylor Heineke, but he ain't he ain't the guy. He ain't the future guy. At least at this point, I don't think he is. He's fun to watch. Great leader, it seems like. Really good team guy, but quarterback are just consistency on defense for them. The Bears, coach, get rid of Nagy. Get, get him out. I don't want him hurting Justin Fields. And I saw a tweet last night that was kind of funny. Do Bears fans think, like, I think it was a Bears fan, said, hey, do you guys think that Buffalo's backup quarterback would be available for trade? Now, if you're unaware, Buffalo's backup quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky, who got Matt Nagy to two playoff appearances. This team looks terrible without <laughs> Now, Justin Fields plays really well in flashes, but then he makes some, you know, rookie mistakes. Nothing too crazy that's out of the question, just some typical rookie mistakes. He was seen as kind of a raw prospect when he got drafted anyways. So I'm not surprised he's quote-unquote struggling. I would take Justin Fields. If I didn't have Josh Allen, I would take Justin Fields. Dude's a very athletic quarterback, strong arm, good leader. Just need a new coach. Get a new coach. The Lions, defense. They need some help on defense. Their defense is awful and has been ever since Matt Patricia basically just tried his damnedest to destroy everything that was on that defense. Like, I like Dan Campbell. Offense, they've got some decent pieces. They're going to need some help out wide and stuff like that. But defense needs some help most of all. Packers, Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) please stay. That's the main thing. Aaron Rodgers, if you're a Packers fan, I don't think any of you want Aaron Rodgers to leave. Aaron Rodgers has passed Brett Favre for the most passing touchdowns in Packers history. I don't think Packers fans want him to leave. I don't think he'll go to, like, the Bears, Vikings, or Lions, but they need him to leave. They don't want him to leave. Stay in Green Bay. That's what the Packers want. Vikings, new head coach. This team's too damn good or too damn talented to be stuttering around playoff possibilities. It shouldn't be. And I was talking to my friend last night because he's a big Vikings fan. It shouldn't be the Vikings, well, do they make the playoffs? It should be how far can they go in the playoffs. You look at some of the weapons they have out wide. They Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Now, I know I can understand the question about Kirk Cousins. Their defense isn't very good either, but they need a new head coach. Just get some new blood in there. It hasn't been working with Mike Zimmer. Get a new guy in there, freshen things up. Get an offensive-minded coach for the Vikings. NFC South, the Falcons defense their defense reeks get some edge rushers they let their last in the league in sacks which has been a theme for the falcons over the past however many years so get some sack help get some edge rushers for them panthers quarterback matt or matt rule has been throwing his quarterbacks under the bus it feels like for the past season just this entire season they're drafting a quarterback like i know their o-line's bad but they're drafting a quarterback i refuse to believe that the panthers are not drafting a quarterback at this point the saints weapons Outside of Kamara, they've got nothing. And health, they're another team that could really use some health. Their old line's been decimated with COVID. Calvin Kamara's been hurt. They have no quarterbacks. So, like, they're going to need some health there as well. But I know weapons outside will be big. One of their, their second lean receiver got he got uh, suspended for a DWI back like in June. So they're going to need something <laughs> something on this team. The Bucks, Brady did not stop, to stop aging. Like, that's all they need. If Tom Brady could stay, defy the laws of physics and aging, they'll be fine. <laughs> it's the Tampa Bay Bucks. Cardinals, jeez, oh, I don't know. Off to line help, is that something the Cardinals need? Maybe some defensive line help or cornerback help? They don't, they're, before the Lions game, most people were saying when healthy, they're the best team in the NFL. And then they just lost the one-win Lions for the first time in NFL history, a one-win team, but a 10-plus win team. So, maybe some help out there. If this was, like, what I expected it to be, I'd say new coach, but Cliff Kingsbury has led the Cardinals to a 10-win season. So it's kind of hard to say anything bad about Cliff Kingsbury at this point in time. The Rams, uh, what do the Rams need? 
more money because they're just going to keep spending it everywhere. Like, this team's got a pot bottomless checkbook, it feels like. like they're, they're never going to stop spending. Some more big-name free agents. Maybe they haven't performed very well recently, but big names like Odell and Vaughn Miller and all those guys. Get more people like that. Running back health maybe be another thing as well. The 49ers, health. I mean, every single time this team has gone on a good run, they've got hurt. Like, this team could be a lot better than what they are. They just can't stay healthy, which is a little bit of a problem. And Debo, never get hurt. Because Debo is, uh, you could argue, but I think he might be the most versatile player in the NFL right now. There's not, like, he, they line him up by running back. This dude does everything for the 49ers, and he's just freaking awesome to watch. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson stay, <laughs> please. Or maybe trade, because they never have any first-round picks, it feels like. But then again, when they do, they always seem to, to spend it on somebody that shouldn't be drafted the first round. That's usually what it seems like. It's always someone that, oh, wow, they did that. Like, they took Brooks over Robert, or uh, Robert Quinn. Patrick Quinn, they took um, Rashad Penny over some other decent running backs. Rashad Penny was not seen as a first-round draft pick at all. Now, the alternate at that time, I believe, if I remember correctly, was Darius Geis. Now, he's not even in the league anymore, so <laughs> maybe they're correct. Maybe they knew hindsight. They're like, ah, oh, down the road, we, this guy will be a dickhead and beat his girlfriend, so we probably shouldn't take this guy. Uh, but yeah, but that's what I think most NFL, every NFL team will want for Christmas. I had to dip into college. Iowa, a quarterback and a new office coordinator. That'd be the way to go. Get Brian Ferentz out and get Emory Jones. That's the way to fix Iowa Hawkeye football. Now, before we end today's show, I want to do a Christmas tier list. This is a Christmas movie tier list. And then through my lifetime, I have seen a lot of Christmas movies. Now, I've not seen every single one on this tier list. There are a few I haven't seen. Like, I haven't seen Krampus. I don't know what this one is. What is that one? It just says Christmas. Is that something I don't know? There's a movie that just says Christmas. Is that a movie? I don't know what that is. But I, I, would, I would imagine I know most of these movies... Yeah, and there's the animated Grinch. Do we have the, the Jim Carrey Grinch in here as well? Yes, we do. So we got, we got a lot of movies in here that I might forget. We're going to start off with eight or S tier. S tier movies. Elf, clearly S tier. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, a Christmas Story also goes into S tier. I used to watch the movie all the time growing up. Uh, what other movies could we consider S tier? Home Alone, Rudolph. We could consider these S-tier movies. We're going to keep them. We're not going to put them up yet. And I might be crazy, but we're going to move down to eight. I think those might be the only S-tier movies on here. At least for me. I could, could be completely missing a movie right now. But uh, the we're going to go to A-tier, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I watched this movie religiously growing up. My grandma and grandpa had two movies that I watched all the time. Like Mike and a Nightmare Before Christmas on VHS tape. I love this movie, and it's kind of been turning into, like, <laughs> a meme of sorts. We're all, like, the quote-unquote goth girls watch this movie. Whatever. I love this movie. Christmas Nightmare Before Christmas is an awesome movie. Next one, Home Alone. Where was it? That one's A-tier. Easy. Where is it at? I saw it. There we go. The original, Home Alone. Home Alone, Escape from New York, or whatever that one's called, can go towards the bottom probably in C-tier. I'm not a huge fan of Home Alone 2. I, the only thing I really remember from Home Alone 2 is Trump's in it. That's about the only thing I remember about that movie. Um, next one, Charlie Brown Christmas, I think, has to go in A. That's just a classic. I used to watch that on TV all the time. I mean, Frosty the Snowman. I think that, I mean, the, the jingles in that one. Frosty the Snowman. Like, you have to put that one up. That that one's awesome. Uh, Polar Express, <laughs> probably, just for the kid, the yellow shirt, probably F tier. <laughs> that, was, that was a... A pretty bad, pretty bad one. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the, the, I don't know if you want to, the puppet one, the claymation one, that's A tier. I love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That is, that is a fantastic, fantastic film. I love everything about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We had that on VHS. Like, we watched that movie all the freaking time. Now, I shouldn't have done this, because now I'm looking around, maybe I haven't seen as many Christmas movies as I thought I did. Maybe I should go back and look at some other Christmas things that we could do. So we're going to cancel out on the Christmas movie because there was a lot of movies that uh, I was completely unaware of. It's like Christmas food, Christmas dinner. Is this something that we could do? I don't know if I want to do this one either. Man, we, we are struggling on Christmas things. 
Because there's some movies that I'm just completely blanking on. 61 movies. That is too many movies. Is there that? Is there even 61 Christmas movies out there? Is that a thing? I, I, don't, I don't even know. I, I'm looking around at all these Christmas materials. It's like Thanksgiving. You know, food. Food. That's what we're going with with Thanksgiving. I don't know anything else in these movies. These movies are not what I was thinking they were. <laughs> I thought they'd be a little more easier that I could read the names or actually remember some of these movies. I guess I haven't seen any of these in a long time. Oh my goodness. You can go fill this out as well. It's the Ultimate Christmas Movie Collection tier list on tiermaker.com if you want to go do it yourself. Oh man. I watched Polar Express the other day. Uh, that was a kind of a, a hard one to watch. The the Grinch with Jim Carrey, I believe that's an A tier one. I haven't seen the Grinch with uh, Tyler the Creator's soundtrack. Is it Benedict Cumberbatch is the Grinch in that one? I think I could be completely wrong. The original Grinch as well, A tier. You can't go wrong with these Christmas movies. Like I love all these Christmas movies. I grew up watching Christmas Story and Elf. Those are my two goats of Christmas movies. I know a lot of people think Christmas Story is overrated to a certain extent. I don't. I love that movie. Red Rider BB Gun, awesome. I had the bunny slippers. I have a Ralphie bobblehead with him wearing the bunny costume. Like, I have this stuff. I, I will not put it below S tier. It's too much of a staple in my childhood that I have to keep it there. Uh, Christmas Carol, B tier. I mean, I, don't, I know it's famous for, like, Ebenezer Scrooge and all that, but I don't remember a whole hell of a, a lot from that. I know the... Christmas, the Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, Future, whatever. I don't remember a lot about it. I, I just don't. Santa Claus, the Tim Allen thing, you probably throw that C tier. If I had to, to be honest here. Jingle All the Way. When's the last time I saw Jingle All the Way? I need to even remember what this movie has in it. Uh, crap. Is this bad that I can't remember any of these movies? <laughs> I don't remember this movie at all. What is Jingle All the Way? I don't remember Jingle All the Way that much. I'm going to throw it, because if I, I remember it correctly, I'm going to throw it just in C tier. I might be throwing an F tier. This is not a great Christmas movie tier list, because one, I can't read. Muppets Christmas. Is it B or A tier? I'll throw it in A tier. I like the Muppets Christmas movie. Ugh, I can't see any other movie. I can't even read the names. Do I need glasses? No, I don't. <laughs> I haven't even seen Gremlins. That's on here. I've never seen it, and for those who argue that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, it is not on here. I will say that for you. Christmas Vacation. I don't remember the last time I seen Christmas Vacation. But yeah, I, if I had to choose my favorite ones, I should have just chose my favorite ones. Elf and Christmas Story and The Nightmare Before Christmas is probably number three. Just based on what I watched the most as a kid. And I love all the, the Charlie Brown Christmas, the Frosty Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I loved those as a kid as well. I used to go on Channel 5 ABC and watch Charlie Charlie Brown Christmas and Frosty the Snowman. Charlie Brown Christmas, I remember a lot more. I used to always watch Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was the go-to when I would watch like Christmas movies. Charlie Brown was the one that you sat down and watched and went, that's fun. My mom hates it because she hates the... The parents and the, all the adults in the, movie, the, the shows as well. I love it. The Halloween ones were awesome as well. Like, everything Charlie Brown, I, I like myself some Charlie Brown. Frosty the Snowman, I remember watching, but nothing that's like... Like, I remember sitting down watching Charlie Brown, but I loved watching Frosty the Snowman, if I remembered what I watched in it. And Rudolph, you can't go wrong with Rudolph. Now, I do say, I think Santa's kind of a dickhead. Now, I have grown up with the thought that Santa was this big, jolly guy. Now, this might be a controversial take, and I don't know if you guys are all Santa lovers and all that kind of stuff. But Santa kind of sucks. Like, in the whole Rudolph the, the, the Rudolph thing, Santa only likes Rudolph when he can guide his way through the snow. If he didn't have a use for Rudolph, he wouldn't be looking at him. Santa wouldn't give a shit if Rudolph existed. And do you think Santa used Rudolph after the giant snowstorm that almost canceled Christmas? No. I don't think he did. I think Santa sucks. And not only that... How the hell does Santa pay his elves? I think we're running a slave labor camp up in the North Pole that I think should be put... Stop. I think Santa is a bad guy. And Yukon Cornelius is the goat. Yukon Cornelius, every single year, for like the past 
however many years, has been my background of my phone in December going into January. Like, I love myself some Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius is the GOAT. Like, he tamed the abominable snowman, and then, what's the elf's name? It's not Buddy, that's Elf. What's his name? Ralphie? No, no, what's his name? Oh, no. I'm blanking really hard. What's the elf's name in... Because the other elf comes in, Why aren't you in elf practice? That guy? What, who's, what's the other elf's name? He's a dentist. He fixed the abominable teeth. He pulls his teeth out. And put, gives him his bumbles bounce. Remember as Yukon Cornelius says? Yukon's the goat. Out of all my favorite Christmas characters, like in the movies, he's probably number one. Or at least number two. Like, Buddy the Elf's got to be up there as well. Jack Skellington's got to be up there as well. Ralphie can't really go wrong with Ralphie. Maybe Ralphie's a little too much of a uh, a complainer for Christmas. Now I have never wanted a Red Ryder BB gun, nor have I ever wanted a BB gun in general for Christmas. I I have wanted things in the past that my lame parents did not get me. So I understand where he's coming from from that aspect that people thought he was stupid for wanting a Red Ryder BB gun, but did he ended up getting it? Long story short, but. Sometimes you don't get what you want. And you gotta live with that. Because Santa doesn't deliver anything. Because Santa's a judgmental, slave labor having, Rudolph and taking advantage of prick. <laughs> Santa is on F tier from now on. I hope that you realize that Santa sucks ass and don't go and visit him at the mall. Like not, Santa is a bad guy. Bad news, man. So, screw Santa. We're going to move on to something even cooler than Santa. Me. <laughs> the host of the Logan Blackman Show. I, I don't think we're going to go on with this tier list. I can't even think. I, there's, I thought I'd seen a lot of Christmas movies. Turns out I haven't. I haven't really seen a lot of Christmas movies. I really thought I did. Right now, I have ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I've ranked 15 movies. Which, in the grand scheme of things, is a lot. But when you look at the rest of the list, <laughs> there is a lot of movies here. Like just on the next row. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 movies on the next row and there's two more rows after that. We have 39 other, 37 other movies here because there's two movies taken out. 37 other movies. I don't know all these movies. and I ain't, I'm damn sure not ranking all of them. Unless I wanted to be like Big Game Boomer or something like that. Who on Twitter just makes random lists. Doesn't actually do anything. He's just like, ah, that looks good. And then posts it. That's kind of the situation I'm looking at right now. Which I could do. Like, I could go rogue and throw Polar Express and S tier. I would get a conversation going on Twitter. But I'm not going to do that. I've got more morals than that. <laughs> so, with that being said, I am going to end it here. I do hope that you enjoy your Christmas holiday. If you If you hear from me again... On the Logan Blackman show, kudos. I don't know how long of a show we would do if we did do a show on Friday, but if you do hear from me, that's good. If not, that's also good for me as well. Have a Merry Christmas. Hope you all have fun with your friends and family. Hope you get exactly what you want for Christmas here. And remember, Santa's a prick. So with that being said, let's end this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman show. I will see you all later. Peace.